Amen. Welcome today again to all of our guests today. We're so glad you're here. If you're watching us today online, we're so glad you've tuned in. Whether it's live or you're watching us on demand, we're so glad that you are here. Praise God. Amen. Don't forget, you should have received a bulletin. A, you should have received a, a little bulletin when you came in. That's very important. And make sure you get those every Sunday. They've got very important information and dates on them for you to know. But just to point out one of those dates of great importance, this Wednesday at 7 p.m., Wednesday night. Everybody say Wednesday night. 7 p.m. I'm going to keep doing it until everyone stops talking. So again. Wednesday night. 7 p.m. We're going to be at the Odington Volunteer Fire Department. We have a special meeting for all members of Antioch West. If you're a member of Antioch West, please be there if you can. This is extremely important information about some new things that we're launching here very shortly that we want to share with you and so that you know what it's all about. So that's the one area on the bulletin. Make sure you pay attention to read all of it, but pay attention to that. Highlight it, put it on your fridge, something so you're there. I know some of you work and I understand that, but if you're able to be there, please be there. Amen. Intermission needs to come to an end here. You got your popcorn. Let's, let's put, if you'd like to give at any time, remember at any time you'd like to give, our offering baskets are available. This is for our members if you would like to give. Praise God. Today is a very, it's, it's a, it's a really unique opportunity for me and very strange as well because I, I don't think I've ever truly got to do this in this capacity today, but I'd like to Welcome, the first time in Antioch West, I haven't been here in two and a half years. We're so thankful today to have Sister Angie Wright, Elizabeth, Esther, and Timothy here today. Nathaniel could not be here today. He was uh, not available to be here today. But this is very unique. Not only are they pastoring Antioch Central, and for a lot, for many years, a lot of you, they pastored you, but they're also family. And so this is very unique. But it's, this is the coolest thing. I have, I think I've got to do, never officially got to do this. But this is very cool to be able to do this. And a little weird too. I think it's, it's cool, weird, whatever. I know he probably feels the same way. It's a little weird. But this is very, very much an honor. Been two and a half years, way long overdue, but we're so thankful and excited today to have Pastor David Wright with us. Amen. Amen. And in case you can't put two and two together, we both have the same last names, and yes, we are related. So if you haven't figured that out, we are related. This is my brother, and he has been pastoring Antioch uh, now fully since 2005, and now we are kind of in different locations. He passed the central congregation, and we've been trying to work this out to get him here. It took two and a half years to get it done, but we're so thankful today. So for the very first time, let's welcome Pastor David Wright to Antioch West. Praise God. Thank you. Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. Hallelujah. What a privilege to be here with you today and get to see firsthand what 
has taken place, obviously, here. Lots of great things and reports and testimonies, but uh, to be able to be here in person and experience is a wonderful opportunity. And uh, obviously, many of you that uh, we have known for a long time and love very dearly and are excited about what God is doing for all of you uh, in this congregation. Amen. So it, it is a bit of a unique day, <laughs> um, and uh, I, I would like to just give honor, even I know the family side of it, but I give honor to Brother Joel and Sister Kate this morning and appreciate them and what they're doing, and to all the team here at Antioch West, and again, the privilege of working with a lot of you through the years, and appreciate you very much, and now what you're doing here, and uh, as a part of the kingdom of God, and uh, it is great to have my family, um, my immediate family, and uh, Nathaniel is actually teaching Sunday school now, and uh, so he couldn't get away, so got the rest of them, and uh, that's always a treat for me when I am away to have them, so amen. Job chapter 37, start reading with verse number 21, Job 37, verse 21. And now men see not the bright light which is in the clouds, but the winds passeth and cleanseth them. Did I read that right? Yeah. <laughs> Let me start over. I hope something didn't seem right. And now men see not the bright light which is in the clouds, but the wind passeth and cleanseth them. Fair weather cometh out of the north with God is terrible majesty. (laughs) With God is terrible majesty. Touching the Almighty, we cannot find Him out. He is excellent in power and in judgment and in plenty of justice. He will not afflict. Men do therefore fear Him. He respecteth not any that are wise of heart. The Living Bible says those verses this way, For as we cannot look at the sun for its brightness when the winds have cleared away the clouds, neither can we gaze at the terrible majesty of God breaking forth upon us from heaven, clothed in dazzling splendor. We cannot imagine the power of the Almighty, and yet He is so just and merciful that He does not destroy us. No wonder men everywhere fear him, for he is not impressed by the world's wisest men. I'd like to preach to you for a few minutes this morning on this subject, pause and tremble. Pause and tremble. Father, we thank you for your presence that is in this place today. We don't take for granted the opportunity to be in your presence We thank you for your spirit that is already working and ministering in this place today. Thank you for what you've already done in this time today, touching hearts and lives. We honor you for that. 
God, I pray now that you would continue to minister, that you would speak to us today, not a sermon, but a message that would come from you, that we would hear what you would desire to say, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I will let you in on a little secret if you don't know this. A lot of times when you go preach someplace else, I think the... uh preachers here would attest to this, oftentimes you preach something you have already preached. Not because you lack something else to preach, but in a lot of ways, if something's good enough to preach one time, it ought to be good enough to preach more than once. And so, uh, however, I will tell you, I have, I have never preached this before. And the Lord gave this to me just a couple of days ago. I had a very my wife and I had a very memorable memorable experience this week. We had the opportunity to attend the annual National Prayer Breakfast in Washington, D.C. Uh, we learned uh, as we went along, it's not just a um, morning breakfast and that's it. It's actually a couple of day event that takes place every year. And... Uh, there is a prayer breakfast that is a part of that, and that took place on Thursday morning, and um, I think there was probably somewhere around 1,500 people gathered in the uh, banquet room in which it was being held, and there were a lot of uh, dignitaries in the room, and including the President of the United States, and so it was, it was a very, uh, very unique experience in a lot of different ways. But the keynote speaker on Thursday morning was a gentleman by the name of Gary Haugen. He is the CEO and founder of International Justice Mission. The basic purpose of International Justice Mission is working to free people from slavery. Slavery is, not was, slavery is a multi-billion dollar industry in this world. Slavery is not a thing of the past. We think of some cultures and some things in history. Brother Jetty, I'm quite sure you've got some knowledge and understanding with your passion about uh, some of the things you're involved in. And so this gentleman was the keynote speaker. He spoke prior to the president. And in the course of his speech, and it was, it was a lot of really great things, but the, my title this morning was actually a statement that he made, that sometimes we need to pause and tremble. It was very interesting to find out, and it's a non-profit organization, but it was very interesting. He stated that every day, every day, International Justice Mission, Mission takes 30 minutes that everyone that's a part of their organization spends 30 minutes in silence reflecting, thinking about God and His greatness and His majesty. Because of the need to remember and be influenced by the greatness of God. Now, I'm going to ask you, please don't tune me out at the beginning of this message because uh, stay with me till the very end, okay? But I'm a little bit concerned that it seems like we have come today to reduce God in a lot of ways, to our buddy. We've come to make God so personal and so relational to us that 
in a lot of ways, he's become sort of common to us. And, 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 and he's become so, so personal to us that we have forgotten some of his greatness, some of his awesomeness. Because he's, you know, he's, he's our friend, and he is. He's, he's a friend that sticks closer than a brother, and he is. And, and, and we have the opportunity and the access to have a personal relationship with him, and we do, and what a great privilege and a great blessing that is. But if we are not careful, because of that, he becomes very familiar and common to us. That, you know, it's, it's, please forgive me for putting it this way, but it just, it, it becomes, you know, well, it's just Jesus. Just Jesus. He's, he's my friend. He's my, he's my pal. I, I, I've preached this, so I'm not, this is not a criticism of anybody else. I've, I've, I've used this before. It wasn't original, but I, I, I've used the analogy and, and you know, you, you take two chairs and you sit them there and, and you sit in one and you say prayer is basically you having a conversation with a friend. And it is. It really is. But there was something about what Mr. Haugen said Thursday that brought to me the need that every now and then we need to revisit and reflect on the greatness of who God is. Job used the term in verse 22, terrible majesty. That God has terrible majesty. I'm going to give you the definition of terrible in a moment. But it's not necessarily the same way because 2019, if I tell you something is terrible, in the, in the, in the purest, I guess, of definitions, that's negative. Although, I'm a part of the generation, if I'm not mistaken, it was my generation that was one of the first to be called, you know, if something was really cool or really neat, it was bad. Man, that's bad. That's a bad car. So we're not all that unused to using a word that kind of has a negative connotation to be positive. And so I, I say that because the word terrible, again, man, if something said they were treated terribly, they acted terribly, and obviously that's a part of it, but, but, but give me a few moments before I get to the definition of it, but in this context, that's not, that's not the same exact meaning of what this is. But he says God has, or God is, terrible majesty. Psalm 111 verse 10, the psalmist says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all they that do His commandments, His praise endureth forever. The fear, the reverence, and the awe of God is the starting point. That's the beginning. That's the beginning of wisdom. Proverbs especially tells us several things about the wisdom of God. Proverbs 1-7 talks about the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Proverbs 9 and 10 also says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Proverbs 10-27 says the fear of the Lord prolongeth days. Proverbs 14.26 says, In the fear of the Lord is strong confidence. Proverbs 14.27 says, The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life. 
the reverence and the respect and the awe of the greatness and the majesty and the splendor of God is, is a necessary component to our lives. It is something that every now and then, as Mr. Haugen said, Brother Jetty, we need to pause and tremble for just a little bit to recognize the greatness of this God. To get a glimpse again of His awesome majesty, I am, if you know anything about me, you you know that I am absolutely in love with Maryland. I have had the privilege of traveling all over the world, many different countries. I've had the privilege of traveling many states in this country, and I am so thankful that this is my home. I've got church with the Maryland flag. I've got socks with the Maryland flag. I've got a phone case that's the Maryland flag. I love Maryland. If you feel otherwise, I will continue praying for the deception to be removed from your eyes. I know there's people in this place you don't feel that way, and that's your right, and that's, that's, we all have the right to be wrong with some things, and. <laughs> I say all of that to say, to, to, I, I say all that to let you know that my next statement is, is not unkind, but we, we say that in Western Maryland is mountains. We talk about the mountains in Western Maryland. If you've never been out of Maryland and you've only ever been to Western Maryland and that is your perception of a mountain, Once you have driven Interstate 70 and begin to see a glimpse of the Rockies and you begin to see those snow-capped mountain peaks that are 10 plus thousand feet in the air, even if you love Maryland, you realize all we have is foothills. You don't call what's in western Maryland mountains. They're, they're, They're not mountains. Because once you have beheld the majesty of a mountain, you kind of realize this is not all that much. And, and again, I fear, I fear for my own self that God becomes so personal to me and, and, and so intimately involved in my life that I forget to look every now and then and realize <laughs> you are so much bigger than this one-on-one relationship that you and I have. You are so much greater than this privilege that I have of walking and talking with you. I'm thankful for that, but I don't want to lose sight of your terrible majesty. So that word terrible, it means to fear, to revere. It means, and and this is really more so probably the definition I really want you to get in the context of this. It means to stand in awe of or to be awed. It means to show reverence. It means to cause astonishment and awe. To be held in awe. To inspire reverence or godly fear or all. So again, terrible not in the sense of terror and fear, but terrible in the sense of causing great awe in who God is. Deuteronomy 7 and verse 21, the Lord says, Thou shalt not be affrighted at them, for the Lord thy God is among you, a mighty God and terrible. 
The context of this was God was speaking to Moses about going into the promised land and what he was saying to him was, don't worry about whatever you're going to face when you get in the promised land. Don't worry about the enemy and the opposition because I'm a terrible God. I am a God to be awed. I am a God to be in astonishment of. Is that not actually what happened that the children of Israel found out 40 years later when they finally showed up to the promised land? The spies are in the house of Rahab the harlot and she says to them, Where have you been? Because we heard about you 40 years ago. Perhaps part of the problem was this great God had become very common to the Israelites and so they spent 40 years afraid because there were giants in the land and the ones they called giants were actually afraid of them because they said, we heard what God did for you to bring you out of Egypt. Psalm 68 and verse 34 says, Ascribe ye strength unto God. His excellency is over Israel and His strength is in the clouds. O God, Thou art terrible out of Thy holy place. The God of Israel is He that giveth strength and power unto His people. Blessed be God. Psalms 14 and verse 5. I will speak of the glorious honor of thy majesty and of thy wondrous works. And men shall speak of the might of of thy terrible acts. And I will declare thy greatness. Psalm 66 and verse number 1. Make a joyful noise unto God all ye lands. Sing forth the honor of His name. Make His praise glorious. Say unto God how terrible art thou in thy works. Through the greatness of thy power shall thine hand, through the greatness of thy power shall thine enemies submit themselves unto thee. You're a, you're a, you're a God who inspires all. You are a God who inspires reverence. Is that not part of what we felt in this place this morning as we said, we lift our hands, Lord, here in your presence. I don't know about you, but there was something inside of me as I sang that and as I did that, there was there was basically a feeling of unworthiness. Not talking about condemnation or guilt, but a recognition that I don't have a right. And it was said, I don't have a right. This is not my right to be in His presence. I have not earned or deserved this. So to recognize, we lift our hands here in Your presence, the presence of the Almighty God and the Everlasting Father, the presence of the one Isaiah prophesied about, the Prince of Peace, the Wonderful Counselor. The one who is referred to as the Ancient of Days. I think one of my favorite descriptions of God in all of Scripture is from the wise man Solomon in the Song of Solomon. And I forget which chapter it is off the top of my head. But he goes through most of this chapter with all of these poetic descriptions of God. A bunch of them, I don't know about you, but I need the living Bible or the message Bible to understand. Cause... And then after, after verse after verse after verse of all these descriptions of God and who He is, He sums it up this way. He, this, this, this is the, this is the, uh, 
I'm embarrassed to ask. What's that part called on the letter when you sincerely or you're, what's that part? Salutation. Been too long. I do. I put that. I just don't always remember what it's called. It's almost like his salutation. And he simply says this. You are all together lovely. You can't judge me this morning by my preaching. You can't judge me by my actions in this service. Because if you see, if the only thing you see of me in this service, it's kind of like a social media perception. You're just seeing my best. Because most of us, and when you have to sit up here, which I do obviously every weekend at Central, you, you don't have a right to have a bad service. You have the privilege of having a bad service. I don't feel like it today. I ain't doing it today. I don't care if they sing my favorite song. It ain't happening for me today. You get up here, and, and in my opinion, if you fulfill your responsibility as a leader and an example, you may be doing all this and in your head, I can't believe I'm doing this. I don't feel like this. You may even really go all the way and actually add a hop or two into it. Because you don't have a right to sit arms folded and... So if, if you were around me a lot, you'd find out I'm, I'm not all together like this. I'm not, I don't, I don't mean I'm a hypocrite, but you're the same way. I know how it goes. I see husbands and wives all snuggled up to each other and there's a real good chance at least one of you, it was either silent in the car because of a fight or it was loud in the car because of a fight. And you come in here and act, you've been married 30 years, and you get in here and you act like you're newlyweds. But you know what's amazing about God? Search every part of God. Come at God from every aspect in every direction. Research everything there is to know about God. And when you get down to the end of it all, you can still say, you are all together lovely. Everything I've found out about you, everything I've discovered about you, you're all together lovely. Job says, Job says, terrible majesty. <laughs> terrible majesty, Job says. So we've looked at the word terrible. Let's look at the word majesty. The word majesty in the Hebrew means magnificence. It means an or it means ornament or splendor. It is beauty, comeliness, excellency. Psalms 47 and verse 1. Oh, clap your hands, all ye people, shout unto God with the voice of triumph. For the Lord Most High is terrible. He is a great king over all the earth. That verse was supposed to be in the previous section. My apologies. Psalms 29 and verse 1. Give unto the Lord, O ye mighty, give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord glory, do unto His name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. The voice of the Lord is upon the waters. The glory 
or the God of glory thundereth. The Lord is upon many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaketh the cedars. Yea, the Lord breaketh the cedars of Lebanon. I decided a couple of years ago that I do believe in the Big Bang Theory. I came to the conclusion I believe in the Big Bang 100%. I believe if you go to Genesis 1 and you read what Genesis 1 says, when God said... When God said, let there be light, you want to talk about a big bang. That was a big bang because the voice of the Lord is full of majesty and power and glory and strength. Psalm 93 and verse 1, the Lord reigneth. He is clothed with majesty. The Lord is clothed with strength wherewith he hath girded himself. The word also established that it cannot be moved. Psalm 96 and verse 5, For all the gods of the nations are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Honor and majesty are before Him. Strength and beauty are in His sanctuary. Isaiah 2 verse number 10, Enter into the rock and hide thee in the dust for fear of the Lord and for the glory of His majesty. Every now and then we just, we need to pause and tremble a little bit at the majesty and the terribleness of God. We need to get a fresh glimpse of how big and how great He is, even though it's really impossible for for us to ever truly conceive of how great and how big He is. Our perspective of that may increase and grow with time, but we will never truly have a grasp, a full grasp, on how great and awesome that God is. I wonder if part of the reason, Brother Trombley, that In the very beginning, access to the manifestation of the presence of God was such a very sacred thing. And that only one person had ultimate access to where God's presence was manifested. And it wasn't, I don't know about you, but I I look forward to getting in the presence of God. There's some times... Sister Cher, there's some times when I'm having struggles and I'm down and I, I feel like David felt. If I can just get into the sanctuary, if I can just get into the presence of God, I, I'm going to be renewed and I'm going to be refreshed. And, 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 and I don't know about you, but a lot of times I come into the presence of God and, and, and whether it's, whether it's something, a setting like this or a, or, or a home group or a Bible study or a prayer meeting or some other kind of setting and I, I come into that and, and I don't always pause before I go in to stop by the altar. The first place you got in the tabernacle, you had to stop at the altar. You didn't go into the presence of God until you first came to the altar, but but the veil was torn and access was made to us all. And so you and I can walk in here this morning not having freshly repented today. And there's nobody that walked in here afraid that you were going to fall over dead because of God's judgment. 
But I wonder if part of the reason why at the beginning it was set up the way it was, not because God wanted to be exclusive and set apart from everybody, because everything we know about God is the opposite of that. He wants to be with us and dwell among us and dwell in us. But to be a reference point to go back to every now and then and realize what has become so common and norm to you and I hasn't always been that way. It wasn't always that easily accessible for everybody. And and then the ones that it was accessible to, they went into it with fear and trembling because you didn't really know what the outcome was going to be. It was intended to be in awe and a reverence of the majesty and the terribleness of God. You know what, I think if you and I got a new and a fresh revelation of the terribleness and the majesty of God, there's a lot of things that are really bothering us in this world that would really begin to fade away. The reason I get so overwhelmed and Afraid of what's going on in this world because I've lost sight of the fact that above all of this, bigger than all of this, there is a God who is full of power and greatness and majesty. I like the way the psalmist says it sometimes. He says, God, you are the most high. I don't know about you, but every now and then I'm looking up at all my problems and the difficulties and the challenges and some of the mountains that are in my life and they seem so great, but every now and then I need to be reminded I may be down in the valley of a great mountain and it may look really high, God, but no matter how the mount, how high the mountain in front of me may be, you are still the most high. Kind of like the experience of sitting into the seat of an airplane on a gray, cloudy, dreary, rainy day. You sit down and you buckle in and that pilot begins to take off and down here, I've been saying this several times lately in preaching and whatever, but it's kind of sad that we always view a rainy day as a bad day. Sunshine days are the good days and the rainy days are the bad days. Well, let let go someplace where all they ever get is sunshine. Rain's not a bad thing. Rain's a great thing. I realize it may mess up your afternoon outing at the park, but rain's a good thing. That being said, you know, you get in there and it's a gray, cloudy day and it's kind of gloomy. Man, what an experience. Every time it happens, I still think it's one of the most awesome experiences. That that plane begins to climb, gain altitude, and starts to go through those clouds. And depending how severe the weather is as it's going through those clouds, it gets to be a little bumpy. But finally, you break through. And when you break through, You're now looking down on the clouds. How amazing is it that here looking up, they are gray and ominous. 
But when you break through and you're now looking down, I am a 47-year-old man. I am not a child with a childish imagination. But almost every time I fly and I look out the window of an airplane and I see those big, white, fluffy, billowy clouds, I think to myself, I just want to jump out of this plane and fall back and just land on them. Knowing... (laughs) Don't work that way, but that's, isn't it amazing what, how things change simply from a change of perspective? If you've never read Psalm 73, I would encourage you before you lay down today, read Psalm 73. Before you go to bed tonight, read Psalm 73. I think every single believer needs to be familiar with Psalm 73 because it is something we go through not just once, but at least for me, I've found myself going through it every now and then. And that is the psalmist said, I got to looking at the prosperity of the wicked. He says, the more I looked at it, the more overwhelming it became. And he said, my steps had almost slipped until I got into the sanctuary of God. And, and, and listen to what he says was the solution. I underst- The ones that I was envious of, I now understood their end. There was absolutely no changes in David's circumstances. I... Actually, I'm not sure if David wrote the 73rd Psalm. There was no changes in the psalmist. The problems didn't go away. What changed was his perspective. And when I break through those clouds, I can all over again realize, you know what, God, you are so much bigger than my world. You are so much greater than what I've faced all by just kind of changing how I'm seeing things. I'm going to close with this passage. Psalms 8. I'll begin reading with verse number 1. But begin before I begin reading, there's one verse in particular that I want to get to. Even though I'm going to read five total. I've, I've, I've used this verse before. I've preached it, used it, talked it, thought about it for my own personal sake and benefit. But as, a, as I was preparing for today and what I felt like the Lord had given me, I sort of realized something. That to really understand and appreciate the verse, you really do need to pause and tremble every now and then. Because the significance of this verse can only be grasped with a knowledge and an understanding and remembering every now and then, as Job says, His terrible majesty. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is Thy name in all the earth, who has set Thy glory above the heavens. Out of the mouths of babes and sucklings hast Thou ordained strength because of Thine enemies, that Thou mightest still the enemy and the avenger. When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, 
Think about all the stuff that man does that you need heavy equipment and machines and all this stuff to be able to do because man doesn't have the strength to do that. And then take a look at creation and realize God just kind of, you know, piddled around a little bit with his finger. (laughs) Galaxies, earth. (laughs) This is the work of his finger. The moon and the stars which thou hast ordained. And and here it is, it's this verse. When I think of all of that, God, when I see all of that, the psalmist said in another place, the heavens declare the glory of God. When I look at all that, he then asks this question, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you visited him? For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels and has crowned him with glory and honor. The living Bible says, verse 4, this way, I cannot understand how you can bother with mere puny man to pay attention to him. The message Bible says this, says it this way, then I look at my micro self and wonder, why do you bother with us? Why take a second look our way? When I look at all that you've you've done, when I look at your splendor and your greatness, when I see your majesty or your terrible majesty, and going back to what Job said, really Job was saying something very similar to David, touching the Almighty, we cannot find Him out, and He is excellent in power and in judgment and in and plenty of justice he will not afflict as great and awesome as he is as righteous and just as he is and as small and insignificant as I am and as much of a failure I am and the mistakes I make David says you're mindful of me? Let's let's take it another step. Seven billion people plus in the world. And Brother Jolin, with all of that and all of creation, you are mindful of me. You, You know me. Yeah, you walk with me. I can have a personal intimate relationship with you see you really can't grasp the significance and the value of that personal relationship unless every now and then you revisit the heavens and the heaven of heavens can't contain you you're you're omnipotent omniscient omnipresent you you are you Our vocabulary can't even adequately describe who you are. What am I, God? What am I with my frailties and my my inconsistencies and the days that go by when I know I, I haven't measured up? When I know things here that I haven't held up to, I know better, brother Owens, I know better. 
and you you take a you take a second look. I know it's mostly adults in here and all of you married folks. Be very careful at your response, please. Remember those single days? And 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 and, and, and you know, you guys are hanging out and and you catch a glimpse out of the corner of your eye as a female walks by and you're like, whoa. And then you look again and you're like, whoa. And you see her walking in front of you. And talking about single days now. Talking about single days. Make sure my wife, everybody, reminder, I'm talking about single days. <laughs> the curves are there. The hair is flowing. And you pick up your pace thinking, I got to get another glimpse. And you walk around and, oh, yep, forget that. Don't get mad at me, ladies done the same thing, walk behind those big broad shoulders walk around in front oh lord, what happened to him see that when it comes to him I don't know about you, I can't speak for you but when it comes to him that, that second look I fall into that category That second look is that look that ought to cause him to go, whoa, not not him. But in spite of his terrible majesty, in spite of his awesome glory and power and grandeur, he, he comes down to where I am. He comes to where I am. He finds me where I am. But again, don't forget he's a friend. Don't forget he's a he's 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 a, he's one that you have right to have a personal. I, I, I don't if it's in case you missed it. I'm not saying it's that's not the case this morning. I'm not preaching against that today. I'm just simply saying the value of that, the awesomeness of that can only be understood when I look at how great would you stand God in this moment right now would you let there be a pause in every one of our lives that as familiar as we are with you and as personal and loving of a God and a friend and a father and all those things that you are that you have become to us. God, don't let us, don't let me, God, forget the awesomeness of who you are and the greatness of who you are. Help me, God, every now and then for a few moments at the very least to pause and tremble at your greatness your awesomeness I believe there's some people in this room right now that that awesome great God wants to 
come alongside you right now and draw near to you and touch your heart and your life today. And, and if you can just really understand or at least get a bit of a glimpse how amazing He is, it makes that even, even more valuable and even more great. got some terrible majesty you've got some great majesty you you've got some awesome power and greatness god you speak and nature trembles at your voice but then you are mindful of us mindful of us to the point that you put all of that aside and came to visit us At the conclusion of the prayer on Thursday, the president was the last person to speak. The congressman that was one of the two MCs stood and said, as you sit and wait for the next few moments for the doors to open, we'll be playing a video. The reason we were sitting and waiting for the next few moments is because of security protocol, the president had to be given ample time to exit not only the room, but even the premises. We all, we all sat there with reverence and respect for the office, whether you like the man or not. We sat with respect for the office. As he was securely escorted out of there, he didn't leave, he didn't leave the platform that morning and start making his way down through the crowd and shaking hands and greeting people and no they whisked him away to keep him from the people oh I believe there's angels here today but they're not God's secret service because you can't get close They're not God's secret service detail to protect Him from us. In fact, their purpose is to help enhance our ability to connect. I'm sorry for interrupting your prayer. Would you, just another moment here. There's an awesome God in this place today. There's an awesome God in this place this morning. He wants you to know The significance of His drawing near to you today is in light of the greatness and awesomeness of who He is. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. God, we're not asking for a revelation and an understanding of Your terrible awesomeness or Your terrible majesty to fear and tremble and pull away from You. But we ask for it, God, to give us a better perspective of who you are and what you are. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, if you are not feeling a need right now to respond for your own self, would you be sensitive to the Spirit of the Lord right now? As we all well know, sometimes the way He draws near to us is not just His presence, but sometimes it's by the presence of others that are manifesting Him. 
in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Majesty, oh majesty. Majesty. Your grace has found me just as I am. Oh, empty-handed, but alive in your hand. Oh, majesty, majesty. Oh, I am changed by your. of your majesty can we just do this one more time just reach over next to somebody take them by the hand put your hand on the shoulder the man of God said it today it's not this is not about changing your circumstances but you know what if you change your God you're going to change your circumstances the bigger your God gets the smaller your circumstances it will change your circumstances Maybe not in the way you want, but it's going to change it. Come on, let's let's join our faith together. As this word is put in our hearts, let's join our faith together. And say, God, open our eyes that we can see. Open our hearts that we may know. What is the breadth and width and height and depth of your presence, of your love, of your majesty? Of your majesty. Oh, don't let me leave out of here today, God. Without a fresh perspective of your greatness. Of your majesty. Of your might. scales off our eyes today God remove the blindness off our eyes remove the perspective of this world off our eyes that we may see you we may understand and see the greatness of you today oh today Father today I am changed by your love just to be in your majesty just to be in your presence and understand your majesty oh majesty 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 oh majesty found me just as I am Hallelujah. 
Jesus. That father looked at Jesus that day after he brought his son to him. And he made a very simple request to Jesus. He said, Lord, I believe. Help thou my unbelief. You know, it's really sad today. If a man of God would have got up here today and would have talked about how terrible the devil is. How bad the devil is. How horrible he is. How much he'd fear. We would have believed that. But if we talk about the greatness of God, well, I don't know. I don't know if we really, but I believe. But God, today, help our unbelief. Help us to see. Help us to see. Because you know what? If you would walk out this room today and really believe how big God truly is, it would change your life. It would change your life. You wouldn't live with fear. You wouldn't live with worry. You wouldn't live with doubt. You wouldn't live under a cloud of darkness because you would know, my God is bigger than all of this. The song said, my God is greater. The Sunday school song in it. My God is greater. My God is stronger. God, you are higher than any other. My God is greater. Turn to somebody and declare it. Say, I don't tell them you. Don't make it about them. Make it about you, but tell them. Say, I serve a big God. Tell them that one more time. Tell them, I serve a big God. Tell somebody right in the face, I serve a big God. Praise God. I know that we give honor to God, but can we give honor to the man of God today for delivering the word to us? Praise God. Pastor David, Sister Angie, Elizabeth, Esther, Timothy, thank you for being here today. Don't forget, please, small groups. Go to a small group today. Take this word. Digest it in you. Let's go to a small group and see a big God operate in small group today. How about that? Let's see a big God operate in a small group. Let's make a small group a big group today because we have a big God. Shake somebody's hand. Love them. Help us if you would. Break down. We'll make it quick. Many hands make light work. God bless you.